podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We're called Whistle, and this is true. We love to do the things that we're not supposed to do. We don't need robbing, stealing, or mugging. Hello, my name's Mark Webster. This is the Whistleblowers. No, it's not. It's the final Whistleblowers of the season. And the beauty of it is, is we get to come in for this last hurrah because of the way that the FA Cup panned out, two of our favourite friends get to make a return and stare at each other across a crowded desk, giving each other the evils. Which, of course, is Gary Hayes. I've already chinned him. <laughs> that was nice. That's nice of you. It was a, a, a pre-podcast chin. Well, I tried to and I swung and missed and ended up hitting the wall. Well, welcome to the symbolism of your, of your, <laughs> exactly, of your exactly. local, po- this most recent podcast. Of course, well known from the Chelsea podcast. Alan Alger, of course, he's, he's, a, he's from the, uh, the Arsenal podcast as well. And, and good to see you. And he can't believe how lucky he is today. He's got an FA Cup. And a manager, uh, oh, I was the same manager, and he'll talk about that in a moment. But Kevin Day, I'm delighted to say, has joined me here. We're just saying, Regan and Carter, the you went from for, the uh, Sweeney. I, I or, went for Regan and Gonreal from King Lear, but you didn't get it. So Jack Regan was not in King Lear. No, I know he wasn't. But this, this is why there's no point. To be fair, though, he also wasn't from London, like he. Pretended he was in the Sweeney, the dirty, cheating swine. This is why this is only the third attempt I've had with you in 20 years to talk about Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Wasn't that game, that FA Cup final, not only was it a brilliant game, made more brilliant by the fact I didn't care who lost... Isn't that, a, isn't that a relaxing thing when you're watching the game of football, which is a really way, good game of football? What's an half, you know, what a half, well, glass half empty version of he didn't care who lost rather than he didn't care who won? No, Do you just, know the psychology of that moment? No, no, to be fair, I'll clarify that. It was a shame either of them won, <laughs> to be perfectly fair. But yeah, I didn't care. Talk, I, think that's the, but, I think that's how the rules go. Cracking game. Really good game of football. Unexpectedly good game of football. And for, all that talk about Mertesacker the day before. Everyone forgot he had over 100 caps for Germany and he was a really good player. And he was he was superb. But at first 10 minutes, something was wrong with Chelsea. It's clearly... And, and, they had two, well, I, th- two, I think what was wrong... Let's, we should start with the cup final. Because, yeah, of course, the, you boys... This is the bit that confused, confused me about this. Is It's a double and it's Conte. So this this is... A, I know he's not done cup fight, cups mm. very well in previous clubs. But my God... He's got one more game left in his season in which to absolutely nail Chelsea on hard. And? Well, I'm not saying this to be facetious, so you have to hear me out on this, but I think what happened in that first half hour, they were shell-shocked a bit in that, I think, and it's credit to Arsenal that they were, because Arsenal came out and the way they played, Wenger did the one thing that nobody expected him to do and they came out 100 mile an hour, mm. really hit Chelsea. Yeah. And what they did, by hook or by crook, it's not their fault, but through a bad refereeing decision, they got the break they they needed, which was a goal. It's the break the game needed as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that shook Chelsea for a little bit and it took them a while to you know get back on their feet and they, they weren't expecting it. And you can see Conte on the sideline wasn't really himself and you know, he was just pointing anywhere. <laughs> But you know, and I think so, oh, so. When he hasn't got someone to point that he means, he just points. Yeah, everywhere. I think he just <laughs> points just, just so if a player sees him, they they think he's telling them to do something. But I think that 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 shocked him a little bit. And then by the time they got into the game, that you know, 
but and by that time Arsenal should have been three or four up by that time yeah but then um, I think half time came out a good time for Arsenal and then Chelsea came out and did similar to Arsenal what what they did in, in the first half but then obviously they didn't get their goal until until late on but it was just one of the games where nothing went Chelsea's way Arsenal got the decisions but they got the right decisions because like Moses should have been sent off you know it was the right decision from the yeah. referee um, but then What's, you know can I ask a question what's the I, I love yeah as Palace I love Victor Moses I still think he's arguably the weak link in that Chelsea team but what what was the official Chelsea podcast response to his actions What's what, the, what are Chelsea fans saying about well the official Chelsea podcast I don't know because they refused to do one because we lost <laughs> <laughs> So Gary uh, manned up there. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, welcome, but welcome it, it's, been, it's been mixed. It's been mixed all season with him. And there's a hashtag that was doing the rounds for a little bit, you know, saying "say no to Vicmo." And I just think that's fans getting caught up with the fact that he's not a superstar. But I, I yeah. really like him. I think he's a player that he might not be a superstar, but he buys into that ethic of what Conte yeah. wants. And I don't want to blow my own trumpet too much here, but. I went to Austria last summer and watched them in pre-season against um, Rapid Vienna. It was only one game that I saw. And on the back of that, I came out and I wrote a piece saying, can he be the Jacarini of this Chelsea side? And well, he proved that to be. Well, well. thank you, Miles Davis. Um, but, <laughs> Al, what I thought was the whole turning point in that game it was the fact that Moses goes off, they equalise. I'd have, I'd have bet your house mm. on it that Arsenal would have then imploded because that's kind of what you thought that, that's the, that's where these two teams are in their worlds at the moment is that Chelsea by all means necessary get it done and Arsenal when the crack appears in the dam good night Vienna I think you know they're all professional and I, I just think they looked at it and thought to themselves well, okay it might be level but there's about 15 minutes to go of normal time then another half an hour. So you, you almost got a, a whole half if you're going to play this lot with 10 men. And they knew that on a big pitch, with the kind of pace we had in our team and the way that we play, it was going to stretch Chelsea. So I, I just think that they were confident. And I don't think they let let the goal get to them as much as it would have done in different circumstances. Yeah, either that, that was 11 apparent, v 11 yeah. or maybe as favourites in a match. I just think it suited them being complete underdogs. And yeah, we got a lucky break with a goal. But after that, I think that we created so many good chances. Everyone watched that game and said Arsenal deserved that. Mm. And there's very few occasions you can say that this season. Well, Kale's with you, with clearance your, was, a, was a thing of well, beauty. Well, Rams, the first one was a wonderful uh, thing. Ramsey's miss off the post as well. Oh, we're that's the post right, twice. yeah, the little bounce. With, with your insight into Arsenal and to the world of football in general through your job, do you think the way that Arsenal played, that Wenger had told them before the game that he was, that he was staying, that it had been resolved? Because they looked to me like a team that were comfortable and happy in their own skin. Well, what a question. Um... <laughs> I mean, I've always been of the opinion, as have a number of people close at Arsenal, to say that Wenger was going to, to stay. stay yeah, that but was he was the waiting for the yeah. time to say it. Yeah. I'm under. I, I have no idea whether or not he told the players as part of a team talk. Um, although I'm pretty sure that in the weeks leading up to it, a few journalists close to Arsenal had said that. I mean, I got a message from one journalist saying he's 100% staying. Yeah. I've noticed your your. You know, your betting site's got them at 20 to 1 on, which is almost. Yes, I guess, is it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, like you're factoring an X percent, extra percentage in, you know, something awful happening or something well, you get like hit that. by one of those private planes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, I think that's the way everyone thought. So whether or not the players were actually told 
for sure or they had an inkling. I really don't think it had an impact because, again, I'm going to go back to my usual thing in that I think Arsenal play in spite of Arsene Wenger rather than because of him. And, And I think that that was a case in point. A lot of the times this season, they have raised their game at weird times and they've dropped their game at weird times and you can never really... Uh, you can never really put your finger on it. And I do just believe that, that he he chucks out the team onto the pitch and tells them to play in a certain way. And if it goes right, it looks like a, a fantastic attacking performance. So I've and chucked I've, them I out, everybody. Chucks them out. I, I see where you're coming from here, but you say that, but having been at Sellers Park the night we beat you 3-0, that looked like an Arsenal team who wouldn't win again this season. Absolutely, and yet, yeah, I said that much, didn't he? We after? did, yeah. Well, Wal- for Walcott to say that we weren't up for it was despicable. And so, in part, he, he played a lot of football well, he's, after he's, that, but didn't that's he? paid yeah. for that. Since, <laughs> well, he yeah. has paid for it since, but that seemed like a team that were playing yeah. to get Veng- that seemed like a team that were playing to get Wenger out. If, and then since then, they played like a team that really wanted to stay as man. That's why I but wondered not, whether it was something. I'm not, I'm not entirely convinced by that, Kev. I All just right. think that what's happened is at the start of the season, we had an easy run of fixtures where everyone said we were title contenders. But we weren't actually playing well in those games. If you looked at the oh, right, shots yeah. we were conceding and uh, all the all of the shot data, which is now dominating the game uh, in terms of performance ratings, we, we, we were so far behind. And it just looked like eventually we'd hit a rough spot when the luck would start to go against us. And it did. Right. And then towards the end of the season, we had a very much situation where we had a lot of very easy games. And we seem we seem to take advantage of those, and they hit at the right time. Yeah. Which is happened, which is of course happened before. That's a cup final. Um, we know won it. Uh, let's deal with what happens after it after this break. Hello from the Geek Town Radio podcast, a show that gives you the latest TV, film, and gaming news, all from a UK perspective, plus the latest UK premiere dates and a ton of interviews from people such as Suits Lewis Lit, Rick Hoffman. It's crazy. The whole thing's crazy. To gaming royalty like Troy Baker and Nolan North. Would you really take a bullet from me? I well, no. That's that's the acting. From behind the scenes people such as the directors of Smash Hit US comedy Veep. We love Geek Town. My kids wear your T-shirts. To screen legends. Hello. Such as Mr. George Decay. Star trekking across the universe. For all this and more, come join us on Geek Town Radio, available to download every Tuesday from your usual podcast supplier and from geektown.co.uk. So, Gail, let's get back to that point that Chelsea got to go into this. To, they could have been walking in the next season as doubles, as, as a, you know, double winners, which of course is a, a, a beautiful thing in in English football. But what they also get to walk into now is a Champions League season, off the back of a season where they used, I think, was it fourteen players total? I think no, I think that was regularly because then they had yeah, players exactly. like Bolarena and. But, a few others but fundamentally not even reaching the the, the back end of the bench the Watford Watford game threw that average a little bit before the Watford game so so you throw the freak anomalies in there now uh, do you think Chelsea were assuming they were getting this Uh, not even necessarily title but Champions League first season out of Conte I think that was the that was the target and I think then you see the movement they had in January where he was going to Look, to, look as if he's going to continue refreshing that squad but then suddenly it changed and I thought it was a big factor in that he brought Nathan Ake back not because Nathan Ake was going to be starting matches but suddenly was, we need cover 
You know, yeah, it, yeah. They, now they, we they, there was a belief yeah, that yeah, was growing. Yeah. Actually, we can do this. Yeah, because I think the the lead at that point was like seven points or something, and it was only getting bigger and bigger as there were any more matches. And I think that that's when it the penny dropped a little bit. That actually we can do this. You know, and then you saw even the way that he started playing matches in the. Um, Sesk started getting used a lot more where in the last 60 uh, you know after 60 minutes 70 minutes he wasn't closing games out by attacking teams or defending he was attack- closing games out by playing possession and Sesk would come on and they'd play 3-5-2 where you know one of um, Hazard or Pedro had come off whoever, and they'd leave two up top with Costa and another partner and they'd have five, in the, five across the middle with um, Sesk Matic and Kanta and they'd close, close games out that way by keeping the ball I think you saw this change. It, this, it was only a slight shift, but you just saw it happening more and more. And it was just became about preserving that lead. And I think that's maybe why people thought they were going to wobble a little bit because they weren't playing so expansive like they did over those 13 matches. Um, and I think, yeah, just going back to Ake, they brought him in just as defensive cover and it worked to a point where Cahill got ill and they needed to use Ake in the, yeah. the cup semi-final. But um, yeah, I, I don't think they expected it. I think they were hoping to get back in the Champions League and keep building because... I think finally there's a realisation at the club that successive manager, managerial turnovers and, and all the rest of it, that they've had this prolonged you know, period of transition and now finally John Terry's gone. You know, it's, it's the end of that era now and they can start building really? on something Really? I different. hadn't noticed... Yeah. Okay. I believe. Okay. If he, you say so, then he yeah. hasn't gone. He'll be there with a broom in a corner of the dressing room. Won't he? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pro- probably. Probably. But you know, and and, and that, that is the thing, though, is that um, you know, as much of a legend John Terry is, is that I think he stifled Chelsea for the last few years because they could only play one way with him. Whereas then it was it, you know, talk about lucky breaks. It was so fortunate for Conte that he got injured against Swansea which then allowed him... I know Chelsea played Liverpool and Arsenal subsequently on the back of that, but he was still injured by the time he switched formations. And by, by the time he was fit, I think they were like five or six games mm-hmm. into a winning run and his ego couldn't dictate he played. If we can just hold that stifling of football club thought for a moment when Alan comes back in. But Kevin, um, do you think that... Is there anything tarnished about Chelsea's... I'll go devil's advocate here because I'm, I, I, you know, I think it's perfectly reasonable. The best team I watched all season. Is there anything... Does anyone go in going like, yeah, well, look, they had 12 Champions League games less and therefore it was nice and easy for them to stroll across the line? So did yeah, Liverpool. Wenger's, well, yeah. Wenger's saying that. Yeah, no, Chelsea... Well, I would disagree slightly. I think Chelsea deserved to win the title without a doubt. Yeah. Tottenham were the, were the most entertaining team okay. on a consistent okay. basis. Okay. With, uh, but the I most think, entertaining. But but no, but Chelsea, Chelsea at full throttle are a really good side. I mean, and they, they certainly deserve to win the top. It's not they didn't choose. It's not like they made a conscious decision to say, "Well, let's not qualify for the Champions League, so we can then win the title." They, you know, Wenger, Arsenal are a big enough club to be able to cope with extra Champions League games. Chelsea are a big enough club. Chelsea will still be challenging for the title next season. They, they no will matter, actually be in set up. No matter, yeah, no, no matter how size, no matter four or five players. Yeah, but they will. But, but they, and they've got I, a manager who knows that. And the fact is, that right, Arsenal will probably sign those players. But I, I kind of agree with Gary Lineker that Arsenal are still are just behind the eight ball already in a sense it's like Arsenal won the playoffs and they're, they're starting behind other clubs in terms no matter, and it's, it's all very well as like the standard tonight reporting that Arsenal getting 100 million quid if a player's got a choice between coming to Chelsea and coming to Arsenal he's going to go to Chelsea but he, he's, he'd probably even go to Tottenham before he goes to Arsenal but the, so that, that, I think that's ungracious of, of Wenger to, to make yeah. those comments be perfectly honest but I, was, I would like to ask Alan as well because still you, you wonder what Arsenal fans 
think is a good season because you've had a season that most football fans would you finish fifth you won the FA Cup and yet apparently that constitutes failure I don't understand the logic of these Arsenal fans who say well we have to finish fourth every year we have to be in the Champions League you're in a tournament that you can't win now you're in a tournament you can win and you won the FA Cup oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand I, don't, I, I just don't understand what Arsenal fans want uh, I think it's somewhere in between that and obviously a lot of fans are maybe 88 87 clubs think you know we're spoilt brats but um, I think we've always said that, that the FA Cup has now become the, the type of t- uh, tournament or competition where you've got a situation where um, a number of clubs have been dominating it over time if you take it seriously enough or get a half decent draw you should be able to win it mm. and saying that it got tough for us at the end we played probably the two best teams in the country right at the end of it at neutral ground we had a bit of luck in both games and we won it. But overall, you have to judge a team by its performance in the league. And over 38 games, we were massively behind and didn't challenge once. And I think all the Arsenal fans want is to challenge. I've sat here plenty of times before on numerous podcasts and said that, okay, a lot of people say that it's all to do with how much you spend and you got... The, if you've got Chelsea and City, they're spending 200 million each, spending 150 million, where do you want to be? And my answer to that would always be far enough behind them, or sorry, close enough to them to say that it was just the money that did it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. not true this season. Yeah. It's not true at all. And and I think that that's, that's, that's the way you, you judge Wenger and that's the way that you would judge everything else. So those it pe- was, it, We were further away than the money dictated. So those people, well, even though you've got more points than you have done in previous seasons and still... But that, that's all to do with the fact, and I know and I'm going to say this and might upset Mark here and might <gasps> upset the team that my, Can't see my company sponsor, but having seen West Ham this season and been to more of their games than I've been to Arsenal games, outside of the top seven of that league is the worst it has ever been. And you can see that from the points totals. Hardly any of them got to 50 points. And that's why Arsenal got a high points total. It wasn't anything to do with playing better than they did last season or in the previous five seasons. It's just that lots of clubs towards the top managed to mop up from teams that really underachieved. So those 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 Arsenal fans who say the the FA Cup is a big silver sticking plaster, you kind of agree... I agree to an extent, but you can't moan about winning the FA Cup. I mean, I grew up thinking it was the most wonderful day ever, and Saturday was. So there's no way. Uh, But if you you take it a cold light of day and say, can you judge your team on this season? Uh, Can you judge it because of the FA Cup? Six games, two of which against non-league opposition. Or can you judge it on 38, bread and butter of the league? We failed. Mm. Yeah. Can can I just just quickly just say something about the money? Because it is something that gets thrown at Chelsea a lot, but... I don't think Arsenal can use money against Chelsea anymore either because Chelsea aren't spending like they used to. And this season, I think their net spend's been twenty million. No, but you got an infrastructure so, of players there that's been built upon being able to pay the best wages. Yeah, no, and I, the best I, I understand, money. but I just think that for for Chelsea to to do what they've done, I think it's because. They, they've made the right moves behind yeah, the scenes absolutely. you've got to spend it right and, and you've got yeah, to have the right manager it's, it's not like Arsenal I mean, didn't have a, the money to spend yeah, yeah, no, and, so but it, this, this is the thing as well is that you know again Wenger will get um, you know self-righteous about stuff and he says about oh you know we were in for Kante but we didn't sign him that's totally yeah, wrong and, and, I, but, I'm with you yeah, on this he's totally but, and wrong and he says oh um, look where he went that will tell you about a player it's like well no, that's okay, really churlish. No, yeah, no, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I understand that. Okay, fair enough. Up. But then, wait a minute. This, this is a guy who wouldn't buy a car at Leicester 
until the player's made him buy a car. And what, what car did he buy? A Mini, yeah. right? But then on top of that... Yeah, he's, he's no gold digger, is he? No, no, but, but on top of that, Chelsea paid less for him than Arsenal paid for Granit Xhaka, right? No, absolutely. And I agree. I, I, I look and I think, yeah, Chelsea spent... Uh, yeah, 20, 20 I know obviously it's inflated because of China with Oscar and all the rest of it going. But, you know, I think it was th- this season, Chelsea had a 39 point swing on Arsenal from last year. They finished, I think, 21 behind them mm. last year. They finished 28 or something like that above them this year. For that to happen in one season is incredible. Right, and absolutely. That just, that just goes to but show what Chelsea have been the, doing. The, the, the finances, I mean, the fact, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I mean, the finances are, are irrelevant and also for me, somewhat, you know, you know. Uh, Irrelevant or sort of like or, or, or basically abstract because Popka cost ninety million quid, but he's one footballer and he was all right, but he weren't ninety million quid. But what does that even mean? Because he's still in a team that did the, did whatever. So it, it well, barely. Palace spent forty million quid in the yeah, in the windows. Like okay, so if, if we take money, the numbers so. being subjective and abstract. Let's get to the simple basic of it. Well, let's, let's arrive at our around the table because, of course, as we're sitting here, this is a Wednesday. We've arrived at the amazing news that Arsene Wenger has signed a two-year contract and is staying on at, uh, at Arsenal. Now, you know, just from a, a you know a rising above it all, is he made the right decision for the football club? In your perspective, see, we had this conversation before we came in, and my view. I don't, I don't buy. I don't like all this stuff about you know Arsene Wenger. We want you to stay the opposition fancying. I, I just look and I think Arsenal are doing the right. I know I'm here saying oh Chelsea only spent twenty million to finish this here and there and all the rest of it. But if they haven't got a plan in place, why let him go? You know. Okay. And what what manager is out there that you can look at and think who's available? Now Chelsea got completely lucky last summer. They had at the season they had. They got rid of Jose and all the rest of it. You know, and they, they finally removed their, you know, their mouth from the bosom of that era of Chelsea, and they landed on their feet somehow. Image I, I, for everyone to work with. Yeah. Image <laughs> for everybody to work with. But, Press on, girl. Yeah, I, I just, I just don't understand how they got where they were able to get Conte because they, it just happened to be this perfect storm where he was leaving Italy. They needed a manager, and it was sort of fitted. But then you look at Arsenal and you think, who's available? And it's so only, that's more like guesswork than it was. Well, yeah, the and, and it's only, it's only yesterday that Thomas Tuchel got so, sacked from Dortmund. Absolutely who was, right, yeah. So, well, he resigned. That's the thing. There were people saying yesterday, you know, Tuchel resigned from Dortmund and thinking, has his agent not told him that Wenger's definitely signing a contract yeah, exactly with, with right, Arsenal? Because yeah. he's got so, that timing wrong. It's on that like, two-minute window yeah. where they get, didn't get that quite time. But, but up. the sort of manager that, that Arsenal need in order to, to carry on this ethos, whether you know they come in and they change it, but they still keep that style of football where they change things behind the scenes. Whoever that is, you, I know obviously they'll go, and, they'll go and find someone and go, oh, right, it's him. You know, they'll pull him out of nowhere. But at the same time, equally, you look at it and you think, okay, if, if you're going to criticise this, him signing a two-year deal, who is going to replace who, him who, if they didn't what, give what, him a two-year deal? Right, well, I think it's not only that. I think people, I think Arsenal fans as well, underestimate... How difficult replacing look, look replacing Ferguson was hard enough, and, Veng, and, and Wenger's fact, got another and Wenger's got another, dec- right, Wenger's got another decade on him. If Wenger doesn't just manage the club, the football, the team, Wenger's influence is across every aspect of that football club, every, from the from the catering to the travel, everything. He's, yeah. His influence and basically, essentially, we all know that if he decides to stay, it's very difficult for the board. To, to, to let him go. What, what? So, so how's that? How do you replace that? It's going to be virtually impossible. To, to get a manager in with that status straight away so you almost certainly think the first two years they're going to do whoever str- will struggle will do a Moyes unless you get the biggest manager well let me ask you the, the question I'll ask you the same question Kevin I'm going to cut well is 
is it to Arsenal's advantage that he has stayed? I mean, and, and I give, it, it, taking Gary, it what, Gary's just it said is. there, yeah. It's, it's much easier, because all my Arsenal friends say the same thing, it's much easier for me to say... Wenger needs to be shown respect whatever happens if I, and I say if I was an Arsenal fan I'd want him to stay that's, that's easy for me to stay because I'm an outsider and I really admire what he's done and it's, it's the same when people comment about Palace fan about Pardew and whatever you don't understand and I, as, a, as a neutral I think it's the right decision but at the same time the decision's got to be made eventually and I think Arsenal fans all, especially the Arsenal fans that want Wenger out are underestimating how long it's going to take before that decision settles down. I think it will take four or five seasons before Arsenal become a force again. But it doesn't have that. to. That's Sorry, just, just quickly, because you'll know the wisdom in this decision, whether they make moves in the next two years to get it all set up so that when he does leave, there's something there. Because yeah. United are going through the problems they're going through now because Fergie's retirement was almost out of... You know, poof, he was gone, you know. And, and, and then appointing but, <laughs> arguably someone that he didn't want to... Rain on his own parade. Yeah, but look when, which look, I can see the selfish part of that. Uh, right, Al, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the full. The, the, uh, I want to give you full rain. I'll ask everyone. Here's the thing. I know, I know, you know that you thought his time was run about eight years ago. Yeah. <laughs> then, <laughs> then all there was was silence. <laughs> then what there was was an FA Cup win. And then what there was was the inevitable two-year deal. But is there anything in anything here that says, however, we are looking to the future beyond that? Well, the club, you're right in what you say because the club haven't put anything in place to change things. So on the day he goes in there, which is which is yesterday, and says, "Right, shall I stay for two more years?" Yeah. The right answer, <laughs> yeah, even yeah. if you don't want Wenger there, which I, is me, I, I vote for myself. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which passed. is me, which yes. is, is to probably say, "Well, you better because yeah. <laughs> we've got to change so much about the yeah, club." You were, you were, so you were at a point when uh, even so, you would so, say so, we yeah, were there, yeah, because they haven't put, put a plan in place. But that's, but that's the, the structure of the club. That's the, the structure of the club's all wrong. But I think your Ferguson point's wrong because the year he did announce that he was going and set a time frame up. The players all switched off. Yeah, yeah, and he got so is. annoyed with that yeah. that he said, hold on a minute. Next time, it's got to be a surprise. Came back, won the title two out of three now times. Now you're getting But what I mean sorry. about Ferguson, sorry, yeah. what, what I mean about Ferguson is that the players, the dressing room doesn't have to know, but they can build stuff in the infrastructure of the club to know. Yeah. And this is the... I'll talk about Chelsea because the place where I'm more... <laughs> no. I feel more educated and I can give a proper opinion. But if you look at Chelsea, um, you know they've been able to... The club's been able to get through high managerial turnover. Why? Because people don't understand outside of Chelsea what Michael, Michael Emanalo does. Yeah. And he's the man that keeps it ticking over. And you look at, you know, people go on about, oh, Cesar Azpilicueta, what a signing for £7 million. He's, he was signed in the summer that Di Matteo took over after winning the Champions League. That wasn't a Di Matteo signing. That was an Emanalo signing. Right. You know, and then you start looking at other players that have come in out of, you know, Gary Cahill, who's Chelsea captain now, is probably going to be Chelsea captain next season, was signed in January 2012 a few weeks before uh, Village Boas got the sack, the club weren't giving him £7 million to sign Gary Cahill knowing they were going to sack him in a few weeks. That was a club signing. And, you know, bringing so in... So co- in spite of level... Well, can I, I just want to ask Alan, yeah. you, you kind of almost brushed over your own answer there when you said about the club structure's not set up. Because you look at a club like Southampton, for example, who Palace fans 
envy a club like Southampton because their mm. their structure is such it goes so deep <clears throat> that it doesn't really matter that they change manager every year because the manager comes in and he's kind of yeah, the figurehead yeah exactly he's a figurehead for the system you look at so many of the top continental clubs who are managing for the next manager what, what when, they're trying to do well, yeah. exactly so I'm really intrigued to hear you say that because uh, you, know, you look at Arsenal Steve Bowles not going to be the next manager no. so I'm really intrigued to hear you say that Arsenal the structure's wrong so yeah. why is the structure wrong in what way is it because there's nobody there that's been given an independent remit by the board to say you run the football matters if Arsene Wenger's the manager yes of course give him 80 90% influence in the decisions you make but you mentioned Southampton I, I, I was lucky enough to have a little tour of their facilities because I was working for a company that might have sponsored their shirts and it's incredible. There's one guy that deals with absolutely everything from the fact that the players will sleep on exactly the same mattress in an away game hotel that gets taken up there on a truck wow. and will be there for them in exactly the same shape, There's exactly the same pattern. Truck. There's a mattress truck that goes up there for today. That doesn't change yeah. on the basis wow. of everything else. And, and, and if Arsene Wenger has all of these innovative ideas that are probably not so innovative anymore, then they should have been put in place and said, right, you're in charge of doing that. This is what I think should be done, but you're in charge of doing that. He didn't do it. Mm. He, and as you said earlier, he got involved with doing all of that. And I don't doubt that he'd be the one making all those phone calls or saying, have we got this there? Have we got that there? And it's probably taken his eye off the ball. And, and it's taken the whole club's eye off the ball because yeah. the board are not paying any attention is, is there a, to is there any a... succession. They, I, bet, I bet that even if he'd walked out the door yesterday and had surprised them and said, actually, I'm not around, I bet they wouldn't have sat him down and said, do you know what? What do you think out of everything that you've learned from being at this club, you would keep it? I don't even think they do that because wow. they're not football people. Is, is oh, there anything about the way, and, and obviously, <clears throat> I guess we're not privy, um, but ours got obviously, you know, damn sight better instincts. Is there anything about Arsene Wenger that, that genuine, you genuinely think that he, he thinks he's still got another trick up his sleeve well, or he simply can't bring himself no, to No, I think, I, think, I think he's actually running on resentment and anger now. The, the, I, all I the good old-fashioned bitter stuff. I think. Yeah? I think that. I think that some of the criticism aimed at him has been despicable. I think the timing of the Tony Adams thing didn't help because I think he's absolutely furious with that and rightly so. I think there's no logic to what he's thinking. He thinks he's got a point to prove. And I think if he sat down and thought about it logically, he would say he's grown up intelligent. His time is, but, 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 but like you say, like Alan says, why not? Well, why not manage the succession? Why not move him to a role? Where he, why not get, let him get involved in who the next manager is? Let him be there for a couple of years. But well, he's, at the moment, well, he's, he's, he's ignorant. He's ignorant. And that's the thing. You saw his press conference the other about a week ago, where and this is what the point I was making about you know clubs like Chelsea, clubs like Liverpool, that uh, you know Man City even you know they built that system for for Guardiola to come in, but they built a system where they know the type of manager they want. Mm. You know, and Liverpool are trying to do it with Klopp now. But what's happened at Arsenal is that you've had a guy there for twenty years. And it's all been about one guy. You know, he wields yeah. all the power. And he's ignorant to it where he said, they asked, you know, journalists asked him, director of football, and he throws, you know, looks at him in disgust and just throws the question out as if to say, you know, how dare you ask me if we're going to work under a director of football? <laughs> how because, dare you imply that? But he's cultivated such a position there that he's allowed to be that dismissive. And, if and, he had anyone above him that actually uh, held his reins a bit, he would know not to be that completely dismissive of a journalist, and it's a, it's a it's a valid question. But, but he used to have somebody there, didn't he? Huge... Used to have, he was the chief executive for years at kind of David Dean. David, David Dean. Dean. Yeah. He used to have that, and the fact is that for, total respect for Dean. I mean, let's face it: for twelve, fifteen years of Wenger's reign, he kind of deserved to be that arrogant in a way, didn't he? But, just, he hasn't. But the thing is, he, 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 I think he, he overdid. Yeah. Yeah, he, he gets his you know 
celebrated and rightly so for it that you know he came in you hear the, the stories of the players about how he changed the training ground and, you know, and how, yeah, how yeah. that was reflected on the pitch and all the rest of it and he was so important then and I think that where Arsenal were you needed one guy just to come in and rip it up and start again and, and do what he did but now as happens you know 20 years on the Rolling Stones got left behind with music and he's been left behind with, yeah. you know, they, they changed music, they got left behind and he's been left behind in football where now it's a more European Wait, model. By the way, this is the geezer who was Bruce Springsteen every time he turns out and he's still he's, the cutting edge well, of music, isn't he? Yeah, he still is. He will never be left behind. Him and Bob Dylan will never be left behind. I saw behind. the Stones live about three, four years ago. They performed much better than Arsene Wenger. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but it's the thing is that with, with Springsteen and Dylan, they've, they've evolved with the times, whereas Wenger hasn't. And you look at but, We've got their final well, exactly. aging rock star comparison. You look at Arsenal though, and you see the way the whole stru- you know, the whole structure of the club is that you know it is so ancient now, and yeah. that's what the point I was making. That in two years, if they've made moves to put everything in place, that you can say, okay, look, he's almost become the night watchman now. You know, you just sat on it for two years. You want the continuity, and they are businessmen. Right, well, I, 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 like I, that we just all wind up. Can I just make one point? Because I think it's only fair to say that. There have been, even in the past few years, there are still times when Arsenal are probably the only club you'd, as a neutral you'd pay money to go and see. There are still, I mean, not so much maybe this season, but some of the football that Wenger, that Wenger got Arsenal to play has been, has yeah. been brilliant. And, and maybe I, Alan's kind of pulling faces here, but maybe because you see it week in, week out. I, see, I, think, for, I, think, I think we'd be... Back back when, when you know when he the, first arrived, he, the we were we were a, a team you could side. watch ninety minutes of, and you could yeah. you could say exactly that. I think we then became a bit of a, a, a match of the day side, as in oh, okay. if right. you watch five minutes for some match of the day, they cut the best bits. That's and you how think, I was. Oh, they're still doing it. That's Glenn Odell we for were. me. That was um, at least you get five minutes for match of the day. We, we get, <laughs> we get thirty <laughs> seconds at the end. While Kevin thinks about which which. Uh, dead or alive rock star will be the next manager of Crystal Palace um, <laughs> and I'll give you those minutes uh, before we go lads next season Chelsea what will they do Gary it's one of those questions that you can't answer because if they don't okay, show amb- I'm glad well, so- if they don't show ambition in the transfer market like they didn't do with Jose two years ago then they're going to flat, fall flat on but their face. But what do you suspect? Face again. Get, do you suspect they're perfectly aware of the situation they're in and will deal with it? Well I think they are, but they've got previous, so you don't know. What will the, pro- ah. what will the priority be, Champions League or Premier League? Champions League. No, I, I, I think they'll want to go for both. That's, that's the way they oh. are. Uh, well, okay, so they need some more footballers. Al, you know where you are. All changed, same as it ever was. But what will, will he pull that final rabbit out of the act? Definitely not. No chance. I, I saw someone say today we could be because they were talking about the transfer budget for next season and said well he could be given Ronaldo and Messi on a free and he'd still <laughs> find a way not to win it and I I, I, I genuinely okay. think I genuinely think that's not far off the mark it's an exaggeration Oops, but it's not far off the mark I think we will come fourth fifth or sixth it's almost I don't think I've ever been so sure about a finishing position for us. Which is, do you know, do you know how tragic that sounds? Again, even even withstanding the fact that we we're all the rest of us are fans of teams that would dream of that, and yeah, even yeah. that sounds woeful. I've got to be honest. So, Kevin, which but, that, either, but that's last or second last in the league. I know, that we're I know, in your world, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but we must finish our season on which either dead, dying, or ailing rock star 
you would take as a symbolic manager of Crystal Palace, Kevin Day, before we go. Somehow dying makes it more sinister, doesn't it? Dead, <laughs> yes, dead or Dead or living, it's fine, but dying, yeah. Yeah, uh, um, Lou Reed. I can say no more. Well, Gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. We took that walk on the wild side. Is that a Lou Reed record, isn't it? It is, yeah. Thank you. And that was the Whistleblowers. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Give software vendor audits the red card by signing up the Livingstone Managed Service Team right away. Call 0203 817 4880 or visit livingstone-tech.com to find out how. Sports Social Podcast Network.